our story to create our program. If you do the first three really well, rinse and repeat those, you're probably going to end up very consistent. Now, you could be a millionaire. You don't have to, that's just what society tells you. If you want to work and be a millionaire, then you can be a millionaire. You almost know the question, the, the comeback they're going to come at you with, and you've already got this answer here that's going to solve it. Welcome to another episode of the Physically Jack Financial Stack Podcast. Today we have got two very special ladies who have been hugely successful in the online fitness space with a seven-figure fitness business. Both have probably got one of the biggest female fitness businesses I've seen, Catherine and Brittany, clients within Seven Figure Scaling Systems, who've come to our event in Las Vegas this weekend. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Excited. One of the things I think is fascinating about both of you, first, the fact that you work together, which is an unusual thing that most people struggle with. And secondly, is that um, what would you say to women who have maybe limiting beliefs of what can be achieved in terms of growing a business, in particular when like, you have children and a family and all those type of different things? Yeah, so when, when I first hired Brittany, I had just had my first child, and I remember- You were uh, pregnant. I was pregnant, I was pregnant. And I, I thought that when I got pregnant and had kids, that you had to work less. Like being a mom meant you had to work less, less hours. And uh, a very special person in my life, Paula, our, she's our business attorney and what is our therapist. Um, she said, you know, no, you could be a millionaire. You don't have to, that's just what society tells you. If you want to work and be a millionaire, then you can be a millionaire. And so I kind of thought, sat back on that and thought, and I thought, you know what, she's right. Like as a mom, you don't have to, um, you don't have to work less. That's just what, the culture tells you, you know, stay at home moms are, are, are the best type of moms. So that's not necessarily true. And that didn't make me a good mom. Um, I'm not a stay at home mom type. My career gives me energy. Um, my kids do, but at the same time, I love working. It gives it's a passion. It's a drive. It's what I love to do. So, um, I think as a mom, you do what works best for you. If you want to stay at home and, and be a stay at home mom, that's great. That's wonderful. But if you have a desire to do anything different, it's okay. You shouldn't feel guilt around that. And if it gives you energy and makes you a better mom to be a career driven mom, then do it. Do you think there's a stigma sometimes of being a mom who works a lot? Yes, I do. Um, especially, I mean, in the U S and kind of my background, um, of just growing up in the religious sector, um, there's a lot that- where, where are you from in context? As the Southeast. Yeah, so Southeast United States, North Carolina, Georgia. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on women to stay at home. And so there's a heaviness to that when a woman steps outside of the home to work. And in terms of you coming into the business and then having the family, are there certain things that you've maybe wished someone said to you at the start in terms of that you've maybe learned now in terms of having more of an efficient approach in terms of running the business and trying to keep some balance to spend time with your kids and also get everything to grow? Mm. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing I wish that someone would have said to me over and over and over again is that it's okay to, to work uh, because there was a constant guilt or weight on me that I felt like I was giving, not giving my kids enough time. Uh, but one of the things that I think is the most important as a mom, career-driven mama, is you have to set your boundaries and you have to have opportunities to be present with your children, bottom line. So at 4 p.m. you cut it off, 
put your phone away and let everyone know that that's what you're doing so that you can have those hours of being present, fully present with your kids. I'm not saying it always works because it doesn't, but that's one of the things I would say, make sure that your boundaries are clear for yourself, stick to them so that you can be present with your children, but also explain to your children um, what you're doing. And one of my biggest things for my kids is I want them to know that, uh, to, that working hard is fulfilling and that you can work hard. Um, and working hard, if you want to make money, whatever you want to do, you can do it, anything you want. And that's what I want my kids to know. So they are present a lot of times when I do have some things I have to do and I let them know and let them know why I work and what that, how that benefits them, you know? And you've obviously seen a lot of this progress over the years. Do you think that's changed as the business is growing? As far as? Catherine, managing the kids relationships with that and maybe like has that been almost like a skill she's developed over time i mean for me like we were actually talking about this this morning like sometimes i i guess i worry like i can't be a mom and run a business but i see her do it and she's incredible at it and Catherine is someone that i look up to a bestie don't um, don't be crying on me okay <laughs> Uh, let me not get emotional. Um, but no, I mean, I think that she, I'm sure that some days are very hard because we talk about that too, but she just finds a way to make it happen. And it's, it's so incredible because you always hear like, you can't be a great mom and also run a business and you absolutely can. Yeah, you can. Um, it, it's like, if you're worried, if you're a mom and you're worried about starting a business, and you think, well, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? Don't let that be the thing that paralyzes you to never do it, right? Because half the time, I don't know. I just do you it. Just find a way. Just figure it out along the way. Yeah. In terms of um, the female sector, like the fitness and weight loss niche, I'd say that's probably the most lucrative and the biggest sector. What would you say to um, any women listening to this who may be trying to get into that in terms of like find their niche and like how did that look like for you in terms of like transitioning? to specifically who you help right now? Uh, oh, um, let's see. Because you originally competed a long time ago, which I didn't know that Corby told me. Yes, I did. So I competed, uh, I was actually 20 weeks out from nationals in Miami when I found out I was pregnant. And I'm so grateful because I'm just glad, I'm glad to be out of that for women, for me. That's just my choice. But I, when I had my first kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have two hours a day to spend in the gym. I don't have hours a day to meal prep and I don't really wanna eat like this anymore. I wanna be able to feed my kids and eat what they eat or go out for ice cream or whatever. So um, I decided that that's where I wanted my program to head, to go in that direction because there were so many women who they think, well, I'm a mom, like it's all over from here. I can't look good after I have a kids. Uh, I don't have the time to do it or, um, I have to sacrifice my wants, needs, and desires now that I'm a mom, and that's not true. And that's really what I wanted to be able to show moms is that you can have all of this and be a great mom. And how long did it take you to learn that, do you think? I feel like I'm still learning it, okay. truthfully. I mean, it's something that we, as women or as moms, battle that guilt all the time. And I think that's one of those things is like, you don't know what you don't know. I think some things we spoke about the weekend with like where you're at, some of the businesses, and really easy things to fix and move around that'll get you a lot of your time back and there's like an expression you can't see the wood through the trees and I think there's a lot of time where people particularly I think the US are stuck in that culture where they don't know what to do whether it be with their business or fitness because there's so much misinformation like even you go to Walmart and it says like keto food and you look on the back and it's like 40% carbohydrates and like how the fuck is this keto then 
and like people were so misinformed with so many different things i think they caused a lot of problems yeah and i think one of the things that we do really well is we used our story to create our program so my story was um i, I was terrified to eat out right i terrified of carbs uh i was so numbers focused with calories it was kind of the game um, i underate all the time i did tons of cardio so what we did is we impl- we took our all of that and implemented it into our meal plans right so we created um, you know, we're, we're teaching women how to eat out at restaurants and lose fat, how to eat ice cream and lose you know, fat, how to drink wine and eat French fries and reach their goals. So that's been really good for, it's easy for us to sell because we do the exact same thing that we teach our clients. Yeah, and whether it's, it's like I said to everyone, like the easy thing to sell is like what you actually do, right? So like I said on the weekend, it's like highest level authority, the person who does the thing, right. and also teaches the thing. So like, yes. you're the mom in shape. You, you do the thing you then do teach it. others to do the thing mm-hmm. and then it's like it's not a sale it's just teaching what you do right and that's exactly. a very natural progression exactly like we do teaching other people like you guys to build a fitness business because we've got a really successful fitness business it's then easy to be like oh you've got this problem we had this problem this is what you do yep because you can speak in the same language whereas i think why a lot of fitness professionals struggle is the fact that it's like it's like x's nose it's like the two positives of a magnet trying to push together it's like they're getting repelled because the language you're speaking aren't matching up. And if you're, if you understand your avatar and that is you or who you used to be, Correct. then it's really easy to be like, almost like the way I think about a lot of fitness people, they should almost target the persons like them three to five years ago, maybe. So like who you've progressed to who you are now from where you were when you were stuck is a good way to think about it. Yes. And it remind part of the event this week reminded us that we don't tell our story enough. hundred percent. We don't tell it enough. I'm like, oh, that is my story. That that's so powerful, but we forget that these people don't know that. And neither do I, to be honest. And so I think that's one of the issues. I think sometimes it's so easy to talk about the highlight reels of all this shit over here, whereas right. like people sometimes want to see what did chapter one look like rather than like chapter fourteen. Yep. Why do you feel that sometimes maybe you don't show enough of that? I think for me, and you actually said this yesterday, like sometimes we know what we're supposed to be doing in the business but we forget to do certain things and that's why coming to these events are super powerful because you're like oh shit i haven't been doing that yeah i I think it's just such a part of like us we just forget i don't know in the highlights you know i get so Mm -hmm. caught up in telling oh this client did this this client did that and i'm and it happened our stories that happened so long ago we're so far removed from it we forget how powerful it is and basically one of the things I said at the event we had this weekend was like often you need to be reminded more than you need to be taught because Correct. a lot of these things we actually know but it's sometimes like it's just in the back of our memory because we get clogged up with so much of this other shit essentially right. that's put in front of us and when we can see really clearly okay this is what we need to do and that's why I think for a lot of people having like really clear like march orders in terms of like this is what I need to focus on so like we did yesterday for the next 90 days you're then like, okay, I just need to execute these things. Rather than I think what happens is like people get red shine the object of being like, I've got to do all these things, all this new things, like Instagram threads come up, oh, what am I going to do with this? Like, right. And people are just like spinning from one plate to another rather than like going all the way through with something that would work, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, and then you don't, that's how I feel like we were for a couple of months lately. We kept saying, we need an event, we need something to, to do because we're all, okay, I need to do this, need to do that, need to do that, and then we're not doing anything. Um, either we're so overwhelmed we just don't make a move or we just are bouncing around and unproductive 
I think one of the words you used there was interesting was overwhelmed. What do you do? Because when you run a business, there's always problems and things go wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed and anxious in that situation? I typically go for a walk outside <laughs> first. Yes. I do. For me, I, I think working out for, I mean, I like going to the gym to work out when I'm super overwhelmed because it's it's like my my place to like truly decompress. That's and the hard part about being a fitness coach because it used to be for me. And that becomes work, right? It's, now it's yeah. work. You know, so I have, a, that's why I say I usually just go on a walk. I would say lately what has been working very well for us is we have been trying to go on a vacation once yeah. a month because we, we have noticed like whenever we go on vacation for a week and just decompress and not worry about business or worry about working, like we come back and where we are refreshed and like we make more money. Yes. Whereas if we don't take the vacation, we've noticed that we make less money. Mm -hmm. And this is actually an interesting limiting belief because I have had this a lot where I'm like, I need to stay in Dubai, I need to stay at my computer desk, you're not allowed, mm -hmm. you need to stay like in the zone. There's a lot of time I find if I move around or travel or do whatever, I actually do a lot better. But I think part that's just because your brain is more stimulated and you're thinking differently rather than being like almost the same day on repeat, if that makes sense. Yep. And I think we then get stuck in that same loop where you're gonna get the same outcomes and results. Whereas if like you come to Vegas, you go to different gyms, you meet different people, you get different ideas, it's then maybe gonna give you a different perspective and a quicker way to grow the business perhaps. Right, yeah. I mean, this morning, we, as soon as we woke up, we started working. We've been so productive today, just being in a different location. I mean, the event has helped and we have our marching orders, but, and we've been super productive, efficient, and probably the most productive I've been in several months, truthfully. When, and obviously one of the things you talked about at the event, um, I think Gavin did a really good talk about it in terms of like the downward spiral. And I think that mm. people naturally get into, like it happens to me, it happens to everyone. I think one of the important things is doing events like this and coming to things and being part of masterminds because it's almost like a big spike in terms of like, shit, I now know what I need to do or like mm. getting that motivation and spark back because when you get in an environment of other people hyper successful, it then gives you that like motivation to do it again because sometimes you can feel quite lonely in terms of, like you guys work together, but a lot of people listen to this, have their own business, they're like solopreneur essentially, work on a laptop at home, it's a very lonely process, which I'm sure you've probably felt. That's probably one of the reasons, we had, there were several reasons why we decided to partner, uh, but that's one of them, because it felt the lonely biggest. doing it by ourselves. Well, and we also said that we kind of felt like we were competing yeah, like she'd get a sale and I'm like, okay, congratulations, I'm salty. <laughs> and the same thing for her, or like she would take a call for me and she would sell like a 7,500. And she'd be like, I just sold your freaking client for 7,500, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so we've now kind of, we're kind of getting salty with each other's success, but not not in a bad way, but we're like, we need to change this because that's, that's holding us back, right? We're not moving in the same direction at the same pace. Yeah, and I think now that we're actually doing it truly together, it's it's more fun. We make more money mm -hmm. and I think we enjoy what we do a lot more. Right, and my weaknesses she makes up for. And this is the important things of like team building and working together, right? Because no one's gonna be a 10 out of 10 everything and you have to like balance things out because different personalities and different people have like a different zone of genius. And right. I think 
one of the most important things is trying to work out what you're really good at and what you probably like doing and just mm-hmm. do more of that one thing if that makes sense yeah like i think you and i've talked about before that we are i'm like i don't want to deal with the details the organization the back end like i can't my brain doesn't function like that i don't do well with it i hate every minute of it she's great at it she does amazing with organizing and the systems and all of that and i love that so it's helpful and she's really good at content writing and for me i hate writing and so I just take the things that I'm really good at and I stick to those and she takes the things that she's really good at and she sticks to them and then we come together and we do very well. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned a minute ago was uh, a $7,500 sign up for a program, mm-hmm. right? A lot of women listening to this would be like, holy shit, like, right. and have very limiting beliefs in terms of prices. Was that you back previously? Oh man, I don't... When we first started, let's see, when we first started with a master, our first master, I think that's where we met you. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was Corby was the one that was like, no, just start selling paid in fulls. And I don't, I think, okay, so in the beginning, you're not going to feel as confident pitching that, right? Mm-hmm. The more you pitch it, the more confident you and become. And we said, let's be, you have me say the number. Let's, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, you don't stutter over your words. Yeah. I remember the first time I pitched that and I'm like, oh, you know, but then you start selling them and uh, the more confident you become and you just have to do it. And if you're not confident saying a particular number, then go a little lower that you are. Because uh, we talk about this a lot. I can sell, I'm so confident in selling 5,000 all day long. Like um, in June, what it is it like? I sold 15 5K packages in 10 days. Like, super easy for me and she said yeah but you know we sold a bunch of 7500s in March and I'm like I know but I'm so confident at this I know I can get it you know but so it's all in what you're confident with doing but the more you do it you just have to do it you have to just do the reps and just do it and we actually just recorded a podcast with Corby in terms of sales closing like the three biggest skills I think people need to be three biggest things people need to think about when it comes to being good at sales is like one gifted ability like some people are just really good at it and they should probably do the sales calls. Yep. Like if you're shit at it, maybe it's not your thing. Second is going to be probably learning the skills. And third is like reps. It takes a yes. while because after a certain period of time, there's only so many objections you can hear. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you have the answer in terms of like you're working with us, you work with Corby in terms of like knowing what the reply is to that. Mm-hmm. So you, you almost know the question, the, the comeback they're going to come at you with. Right. And you've already got this answer here mm-hmm. that's going to solve it. So it's almost mm-hmm. like a, a one-way fight in terms of you know what they're going to say. You got the answer ready. It always reminds me of um, I used to be in a stage and back five, six years ago, and I knew what people were going to say even before they said it straight Correct. away. So like I already had the answer. Uh-huh. So that they're fucked from the start. So it's like yep. I'm going to win because yes. I do this every day. You don't yep. like. So we should convert pretty well on our calls. Right. I mean, in the beginning, I, I remember. I mean, it was hard to do sales calls. I mean, it was a lot of, it took a lot of effort it still takes a lot of emotional effort i think but not as much as it used to um i mean i didn't really love it but now with the way we have especially with the way we have things split up and i have more time to focus on them i love them like in the just meeting the people is great but also you know all the the my we, my wheels turning as they speak like what i should ask and what how to hit this point and just it's it's fun it's really fun to figure a person out and get the sale and i think why it's fun is in particular when your program's good and your program's had a lot of success, which mm-hmm. yours has, as ours, you know how you're gonna change that person's life. That's the bottom line. I know I can help them. So it's not like I'm just trying to take money from persons like and I say it to people all the time, like, I don't give a shit, I don't need your money. Like right. you're gonna get a lot more out of this than I am. Right. So like this is within your interest to do it, not mine. Right. And you say that sincerely to someone, like 
they're going to believe you and be like, fuck, I can see the point right now. Right. And I mean, we were talking about this this morning. I mean, if the sale doesn't feel right, I'm not going to push anymore for it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if I know that they're not truly ready, I'm not going to push for that sale because I don't want them as a client. Um, I think we were talking yesterday about the crazy clients. Like, I don't want crazy clients. And I'm, if I have that feeling and it doesn't feel right, I'm not, I'm not going to. I don't want that sale. Well, and we said when we feel like we do kind of have to push them more to do it, they always end up not doing it or they end up being a crazy client. But when the clients, when they just come on and they know like, yes, I'm going to do this, like I'm going to invest into my health. Like they're the best clients ever. They do the program. They get great results. And I would also say the clients who pay in full are better clients than clients who pay monthly. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's like... The people who pay them, like this is actually a funny story. So we we still run like a low ticket program that I don't really talk about called Shrednate. So that, this is right. originally what got us started in fitness. I had an eight week transformation program. We sold it for like $150. I got like 1500 people in every eight weeks. I thought I was like balling really big shot, like six years ago maybe. And then I had one guy come from the US, pay me 10,000 pounds, it's like 12,000 US for a year for coaching. I was like, fuck, I'm just gonna do some more of these. Um, but what I used to get was a lot of problems. People getting chargebacks, mm-hmm. complaining. Right. And we still have this as like our Voldemort offer that like you don't talk about, that we have up our sleeve. If we respectfully get someone a sales call who's a bit shit, we'll put them onto that. Um, just like an automated program, it's like $47 a month. We get payment disputes on a $47 a month program. Right? But like the 3K <laughs> thing, people are like, uh, like, I decided not to do it anymore, but you can keep your money. Like literally, I literally, I had someone who paid six grand for a program. He did it for a week and he's like, you know what, Charlie, like, this is too much work for you, but just keep the money, it's fine. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right then. Like, <laughs> cool. I want to help you, but like, <laughs> I, mean, I was like, it's not a lot to say that. You're pretty sure of it. So I was like, fair enough. Like, yeah. And that's, uh, I think people's behavior is interesting. And I think when you look at why people shouldn't charge monthly, the clients you get who pay monthly, their commitment's monthly. Right. So the results are going to be shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if like, a lady comes on the phone with you and puts down 7.5K for a year, mm-hmm. they're probably going to adhere to the problem. Yeah because it's enough to make them commit and be like, for a woman, that's probably a couple of handbags, right? Like, right. whereas the reality is that if it was $150, like two meals at Cheesecake Factory, I'm not bothered. Yeah, I had a client, this reminds me of my client, Amanda. She told me actually after our call, she signed up, she paid in full. She said, you know what, one of the things I bragged on you after our call, I told all of my women business owners, she said, when you said your price, you just, you said it's 5,000. And you didn't say anything else. You didn't apologize for it. You didn't uh, say, well, you know, just try to justify, justify it. it. Yeah. And she said, that is so powerful because many women think they have to, ju- and I don't know how, if you ever felt like this or if you run into this with male coaches, but women think they have to justify their worth. You know, oh, I'm worth this because, and it's just, no, you well, are worth she it. said you were very confident in how you said it. Right, right. But I just thought that was pretty powerful that, um, you know, if you're female listening to this, you know, you're worth what you're asking for and you don't have to justify the price. And I think that certainty comes across in terms of tonality, body language, like as you get the numbers to come out. And like, cool story, when I used to be working in a state agency, I remember being like, you pitch a house, an offer on a house price-wise, it'd be like a million dollars. I'd get my iPhone out, scroll on Instagram for a bit, wait for them to say, I always say that. I remember I had one, I waited for like a million and a half once, just like, like I don't go all day, clubs on the phone, so I don't care. I'll just sit there and wait, wait for the other person to say something. And one of the things I tell a lot of people to do is like almost count down in your head, just like mm-hmm. like 10, 
nine, eight, like just don't say anything because you can see them like processing it. Yeah. Because the biggest thing people go like I've seen people, I don't know, they pitch three K them, they'll like in a second later, but we can do it monthly or like You'll because, talk yourself out of it. Because they're desperate. And yeah. that desperation actually pushes people away. Um was people because you're trying like it's like a push pull technique in sales where people like you're trying to like pull people in where almost what you want to do is almost like they have to qualify for the program it's like are you good enough to really work with us mm -hmm. and then they're like oh, fuck i want to be part of catholic's program like yes um i think what is it corey, said corey says whoever talks first loses oh, 100%. <laughs> so it's a game and i know it feels so awkward it's probably one of the most awkward things i had one girl this week she goes you're just staring at me <laughs> and i was like i just i still didn't say anything i'm like mm-hmm I think the longest time I've ever sat on a sales call. It's the after, subtle nod. After <laughs> pitching them price and not saying anything was probably like 15 minutes. 15 minutes? 10 to 15 minutes. You waited that long. Didn't say anything. Because <laughs> she was like, she's like, let me figure out my finances. Don't, and I just didn't say anything. And she's like, okay, I'm going to use my credit card. And she did it. Whereas, like, whereas like in the past, I would have kind of felt like, crap, I don't want to lose this sale. Let me figure you out. Could, we can do monthly, but I didn't. It, I was yeah. quiet and I took Corby's word and I, I didn't say anything. Yeah. And it worked out. And that's where the shift in mindset comes the cause important, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're coming from a scarcity mindset or abundance mindset, if you're on the back foot, you're like, fuck, I need to close this person, I need to close this person. Whereas like, Correct. I, I was tired this morning, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I rolled out of bed and fucking closed someone in my pajamas with my headphones on, on Zoom. Right. Like got up at 6.45, closed them at seven. And I was like, fuck you, just do it. Right. And then, um, don't do that. It's really professional. <laughs> and I apologize if you watch this podcast. And um, but the reality is that, like, if you're that confident in your ability to do that, that's going to come across on the call. And the, one of the biggest reasons people don't close very well is they lack confidence. So I think having that assurance in who you are, and I, a lot of that actually comes back to actually being really good at fucking coaching. I was just about because, to say the same thing. You have like, to be confident if you if you know you're really fucking good at what you do, you don't give a fuck. You you know. The value of what you do and you know everything inside out and there's nothing that they need that you don't have right so it's like this is a no-brainer how can you not understand that and when you say that with like the honest truth there's no way that doesn't even come across on zoom right you have to be confident in your coaching abilities and that you can help them and trans that you've transformed other people's mm. lives uh that's that's huge that's what i was about to say too because we were thinking yesterday after the mastermind meeting um in order to kind of bring our prices up a little more, there's some things that we need to do inside the program. If we're going to charge premium price, there's some things that we need to do to make it even better um, with videos and some, you know, some mindset coaching and things like that. So you have to, you have to know that your coaching's worth it too. That's an interesting topic to talk about. What would you say gave you the ability or the knowledge in terms of coaching to make you feel like you can warrant charging that price? This is a good question. So when I started seven years ago, so that was, I hired you about two years in after mm -hmm. I was by myself. So this is for all female coaches, any coach who wants to get started. I had, I didn't know a ton about nutrition, right? I, I knew how to train hard myself. I didn't know a ton about nutrition. I knew a little bit, didn't know a lot, but I had a desire to help people and I knew I could figure it out. So there was a lot in that, in my first year, two years of trial and error, of figuring it out, um, doing what I knew worked well for me, uh, trial and error with, with clients until I found a system. Uh, but there was also a book I, I read and I just, it's in three pieces now because I refer to it so much. 
Um, do you know who Lyle McDonald is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, I, thought, I thought you might say Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding. No, uh, but it was Lyle. It was Lyle McDonald yeah. because it's a. It's called the Women's Book Volume One, okay. and it's everything you need to know about. Um, I wouldn't say everything, but it's pretty close to uh, female hormones, hormone adaptation modifiers, uh, creating macros based off birth control methods, right? Um, and how they affect your hormones, uh, menstrual cycles. I mean, it is just full of, and when I read that book, it changed the way I coached. And it gave me a lot more confidence. I knew, I felt like I knew, okay, now I know exactly what I'm doing. I have a system, I know this works. So if, if you feel like you don't know everything, it's okay. It's okay to not know everything when you start coaching. If you have a true desire to help people, you'll get there. What would you say was the breaking point for you when maybe individually and together you knew this business was going to be successful? Like, you, you know, like the way I explain it is almost you get to like critical mass and like, this is going to fucking work. Do you know what I mean? Was there a point for you like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was doing great, content, happy, doing my thing. And I hired Brittany because I was pregnant and I'm like, I need someone help. I'm getting a lot of referrals. I don't have enough time to coach these people. And so she comes on and and she saw the potential of my business before I saw it. I mean, I did. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm content. I'm making about what? Eight, I was probably making eight, 10K a month at that point. I'm good, you know? And she saw it before I did. And so we got in our first mastermind together. But in fact, she started a mastermind prior to me. Yeah. So I was with Vince for probably almost a year before she came on. And I, I said, you can try it. I don't. I don't because there was so many online coaches that would reach out and I'm like, this has got to be spammy. It just, I didn't trust it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Like, it's just, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not anyway. So I decided to do it. I started off with six figure coach and then I actually learned a lot. One of the things that I learned that really helped grow our business was DMing. I got really good at it and taught her how to do it. And then I'm like, okay, there's this seven-figure mastermind that he has. He wants me to join it. I don't want to do it by myself. It's more money. Let's do this together. And she's like, oh, let me think on it. Kept bugging her about it. And then finally, I think you actually hopped on a call. Did you ever hop on a call with me? No, I just finally just got rid of my excuses of, oh, I have kids. I can't do this. I'm a mom. I don't have time. Yeah, and I think that's right. And then I called Vince, and I was like, okay, well, here's a credit card. Here's the money. And then our first month together with Vince, we went from like ten thousand dollars a month to seventy. We did went to seventy like that. I think the biggest thing for there were, you know, I just thought I was marketing, and then I learned how to really create content, and then making our program scalable, mm-hmm. um, and then asking for painfuls. That was like the top three things we did that just skyrocketed it. And. Um- that's the basic things that people don't understand right and a lot of these things when i say to people is like you do these two to three things your business can explode because most people don't understand that when you have like the foundational like formula almost in place it's like you tweak these couple of things it's like you almost add a zero to everything because it's and i think a lot of people almost hold themselves back by they probably know they can do that but they're almost afraid of the work that can come with that because they're like as you experience there's a lot of work when your business basically 10x is in terms of demands on your time, pressure, stress, like it's obviously good things. Right. But it's a different cool challenge to deal with. Yeah. And some of the changes are so simple. It's, 
and it's their foundational things that you do over and over and over again that continue to produce results. It's like going into the gym, squatting, deadlifting, bench press, pull-ups, whatever. Like you always do those things. Mm. And so that's what we we just always do. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to complicate it. It's yeah. very, very simple. Can change one or two things and it can make a big difference. Right. And um, we keep talking about this, but I remember when I was on stage and I used to think like, these are three, four things I need to do every day and I'm like make a really good commission, right? So it's like, these are the outputs of what I need to do to get the inputs, to get money to come back to me. It's like, I think about the same thing in business is like, for as long as I do these three to five things every day, then I'm good. Like everything will grow, everything will keep going. And I think people often try and overcomplicate the basic shit that needs to be done. So like, right. if you're an online coach, you probably need to make good content that helps people that's engaging. You probably need to be messaging people or have other people message people. You need to get good client results. You can also obviously run pay traffic. If you do the first three really well, rent to repeat those, you're probably going to end up very consistent and have a decent business. Also, if you walk the part in terms of what you do, like we said earlier on the podcast, like true to your values and you're just selling the truth of who you are, then it's not a sale and it's congruent with your audience. Yeah, that's definitely one thing I won't understand is not being the part or, you know, doing what you preach. Like, I don't, I'll never understand. I think something really cool about our business is I feel like a lot of people that we meet in Mastermind masterminds run ads to make money and everything that we've ever done has been organic i think we've maybe boosted like a couple reels on instagram but we've never truly ran ads right everything has been organic and with that you nearly had like a 200k month this year what would you say has been the biggest thing in terms of your continued growth over the last six to 12 months and what you do is obviously quite different in terms of what a lot of people do. The majority of revenues from Facebook, right? It has been. I would say at this point we are gaining traction on Instagram. IGN. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say it's probably 50-50 at this uh, Maybe 64. Your, your, your personal Facebook profile as well, right? Personal Facebook profile. We don't do, well, we have a business one, but we just don't use it much. Um, I mean, our ambassador program is, yeah, that has probably been a game changer for us for sure it has definitely helped um produce when we haven't been super consistent with mm -hmm. content but if you think about what your ambassador referral program is it's you being really good coaching right because no one's gonna refer anyone if the program shit right Correct. so it's like if you have this really good thing and you get people into it they get really good results they can refer their friends right and it's like well we had some clients for example who we've had um probably made thirty thousand dollars from a couple of clients because they've referred so many people to us that all their friends just sign up because say if you get jackie down the street drops 50 pounds in 12 months like everyone's going to notice that and they'll be like what, what's happened to you oh i worked on catherine's program and they're like who's catherine like they want in straight away right because people want to know what the secret is and they probably think you don't have the secret although we know it's nutrition training and like proper stuff rather than like the new fat loss injections or that bullshit that's getting pushed out of there. So annoying. Right? Um, but, and, and that's the reality how it works. If you're just really good at what you do and you're congruent with that, then people will come into you. Yeah, I'd probably say 70% of the clients that we sign up are referrals at this point. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we do to make our organic content go further is with this ambassador program, they're required as an ambassador to share how many posts per week? Two. Two, Two posts per week on the platforms that they're on. Uh, and what they have to post one time per week. Once or twice a week? They have to post twice. Um, it could be like 
a selfie of them in the gym or like telling their story, something that has been great for them in the program or just like a picture of their food and like tagging us, like just simple things like that has been a game changer for us because you know people will see that they're dropping weight and eating cheeseburger and they're like how are you doing it uh-huh. and then yep. but, but what you said there is interesting because that's contrary in approach to what people think right they think you can't eat the cheeseburger and lose fat right. but when you start to actually like educate people maybe put some information out there or content out there that sparks curiosity because it's the opposite of what people think it can actually be done right whereas i think people have a misconception and it's a a chicken and rice bodybuilding diet for everyone to lose weight or you just starve yourself and or you starve yourself. do some retarded juice diet or something correct and that's the thing with a lot of moms they come to me and they're like i just i want to lose this weight but i don't want to starve i don't want to feel miserable or hangry or i can't i can't have a lack of energy because i have so many responsibilities and that's a huge misconception in in the health and fitness industry is that you have to feel those things or like if i'm not feeling those things then i'm not losing body fat or my, the scale's not gonna go down, and that's so wrong. For other women who are listening to this who are struggling maybe in terms of knowing what to do with their business or they're stuck at any position, what would you say to them as the best advice? Go first. Um, the best piece of advice I would say um, is truly you have to change your mindset. I think we talk about this a lot. <laughs> like, it's, it's not gonna happen overnight, but when you truly change your mind and you're like, I can do this, I believe in myself, as long as I'm being patient and being consistent, I can get there. Um, I think mindset has been a a game changer for us too. Mm -hmm. Um, But just changing your mindset and just saying like, oh, like food really isn't the enemy. Like I can have pizza, I can have a cheeseburger and still lose weight. Um, I think I mean, mindset truly, I think, is the biggest thing. Is the question about business or fitness? Both. Okay. Uh, Yes, so with the mindset thing regarding fitness, one of the things I talk about with clients is, I think this is in the Habits book. Atomic Habits? Yes. Slash. Talks about uh, you have to become who you want to be before you're that person, right? And so, so many women, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. Well, if you continue to believe that about yourself, that's the way you're always going to be you have to reframe that narrative in your mind. And it's, I'm fit, or I am fit because I am healthy because I made this decision today, because I went on a walk. And so that's one of the big things with mamas is helping them reframe the narrative and what they're telling themselves on a daily basis. Or if you continue to believe that you can't eat something to lose weight, you're, you know, that's- You're gonna have a horrible relationship with food and you're never gonna get to where you're gonna be. Do you think sometimes some women have a horrible relationship with business? Oh yeah, probably. Because there's a lot of congruencies between fitness and business. I think maybe they think it's more of a, like a lot of men coach women, and maybe a lot of women think this may be, that's like a male dominated sector as well, do you think? Yeah, I mean, when we walked into your event, it was like, how many men were in there? <laughs> there were like three women. We were actually looking at the picture that you posted on Facebook and tagged us at the event, and I was like, there's like five women <laughs> in that photo. <laughs> so strange. But that's probably because, um, I don't know. Women think they don't deserve it. Women think they're not worthy of it. They don't believe in themselves. Um, Or they can't because they have all of these other things going on or all these other responsibilities. I mean, I've had moms message me, how do you, how are you so successful with, you know, having kids? I'm like, well, my kids go to school, (laughs) right? 
And, and like, they do. Today, right? I'm like, yes, they, they go five days a week. They, I put them in, um, they're in a little Montessori school and they love it. They're socialized. It's great for them. They're learning. They come home exhausted. They're like, you, you do that? I'm like, that's the only way I could get this done. But plus, it's good for them, right? I, I just, I think that women believe that they have to be at home with their kids at all times. And they want, and that's why one of the things why they're not successful is because you can't get anything done with kids running around. <laughs> I mean, or you can try, you but. And you're, or if you work a lot and you have kids, you're a bad mom. You hear that too. Yeah, you do hear that. And that's not true. All right. To finish up, what would be the best piece of advice you think you've learned in terms of balancing that? Oh, um, like I said, you have to set your boundaries. Uh, you have to know your boundaries, you have to set them, and you have to abide by them. I'm not saying it always works, because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're taking a phone call late at night to help a client, and you're trying to put two kids to bed. It happens. Uh, but setting your boundaries, knowing them, abiding by them. But also explaining to your kids, hey, this is why, my, why I work. I enjoy it. It provides for our family. We get to go do these things. We get to. I get to take you to the beach anytime we want to go, because I do this. And being able to explain that to a child they get it even though they're three and four they're like oh okay i got it you know and it's really fun to to go in my office and my little girl will be sitting there and she'll she'll climb up in my chair and put my glasses on and she'll you know look at my look at my computer and i think that's wonderful because i want my kids to know what hard work is and that when you work hard that you can accomplish anything you want you know Absolutely. yeah and you also actually put this in a post that you made something um I can't remember the exact post but it was a post on the Arise Elevation page um something that you need in your business that you think is having a business partner is a game changer for you absolutely um like we said I felt like I was doing it alone and there was a lot of pressure on me um especially you know leaving what I left in December and and being, becoming a single mom there was just so much pressure on me, I felt like. And even though there were a lot of things that I did, I was doing a lot on my own before, there was just another body there. Um, but now it's like, oh, I'm really doing this by myself. And there was a lot of pressure. And I felt like when we decided to, to partner, and I always said, I'll never have a business partner. Maybe not said that out loud, but I'm like, I saw you know, my dad in business struggle with that my brother struggle with that but that's because they didn't have like they didn't weren't didn't communicate clearly they didn't have clear i guess boundaries or responsibilities and roles set men probably aren't good at communicating either to be fair true probably um but we work really well together and so bringing her on and doing that as is a partnership it relieves so much pressure and i just i don't know it was just such a relief to me yeah and you and i communicate very well too plus before i mean we just recently became actually business partners while we've been working together for five years so during the past five years we also have built a really solid friendship too which has which makes a big difference to me right, right. thank you so i think it's a really solid note to finish up on where's yeah. the best place for anyone to find out more about you oh you can well if you've got instagram you can go to cat k-a-t arise fitness a-r-i-s-e arise if you can't understand my southern accent and Brittany at Brittany Arise Fitness. That's where you can uh, uh, check us out. Send us a message if you're interested. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time. For anyone who listened to the podcast who enjoyed this, make sure you smash the like button, drop a comment below any questions. If you're looking for help to build your online fitness business, hit the link below this to book in a free call to find out how we can help you. And we'll see you next episode soon. Thank you. Thanks. It was fun.